So let's finish out the Sermon on the Mount. So we've been here for a while. Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. We're going to be looking at verses 15 through 29 today to close out this sermon. And we have learned a lot from the Lord in the Sermon on the Mount in chapter 5, in the first 12 verses, it begins with the Beatitudes, the blessed are. But also he taught us in that chapter about his kingdom message. And we find that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven repeated a few times in the Sermon on the Mount. So it is a kingdom message that the Lord gave to us where he talked about not only the eight Beatitudes, but the sanctity of marriage. He forbade the taking of oaths. He instructed his followers to go the second mile and to love their enemies. Jesus taught us how we should conduct ourselves when giving charitable deeds while praying and while fasting. He taught about light versus darkness, about serving God versus mammon or money. He talked about worry versus faith. We also learned that we're not to judge others, that we are to, when seeking the will of God, learn to ask, seek, and knock, and that we can only enter the kingdom of heaven by going through the narrow gate, that narrow gate of faith. As we close out the sermon, there's three things that he addresses in verses 15 through 29. Our first point, Jesus says, will be known by our fruits in verses 15 through 23. Our second point, he talks about those who say, Lord, Lord, but they actually do not believe, verses 21 and 23. And then 24 through 29, he talks about building on the rock. I'm going to go ahead and read our first point, and it's going to take us down through Matthew 7, verses 15 through 20. I think I have it wrong in my notes right there, but we'll go by... 15 through 20, I'll read that first point, the context of it, and we'll get into the teaching of God's word. Matthew 7, verse 15 says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit. But every bad tree bears bad fruit. And a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by your fruits, you will know them. And so we begin with the Lord talking about false prophets in verse 15. He warns, beware of false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but they inwardly are ravenous wolves. The false prophets, they dress as, they pretend as if they're one of the group. And we take it to the church age today. They act like, they speak like. They conduct themselves in church as if they're one of the members of the church, but they come with ulterior ulterior motives. They are actually seeking to harm the sheep. They have in their mind something that they want from the body of Christ. And they, I've seen it growing up in church life, people coming through 
um, those wolves in sheep's clothing acting as if they are followers of Jesus Christ when they're really coming to either steal away from a congregation, to take from the body of Christ, to bring damage, to bring harm to individuals with the, within the body of Christ. You think of the children of Israel when um, they came out of Egypt and there in the wilderness, they said that they were attacked, those who were straggling behind. And that's always a danger. And within a church body, you can have those who are kind of straggling in their faith and not really walking with the Lord. And they become susceptible for those wolves in sheep's clothing, acceptable for attack. In Acts 20, verse 29, Paul said to the church of Ephesus, For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, sparing not the flock. Paul was saying his goodbyes to the elders of the church in Ephesus. And he said to them, I know this is going to happen after I leave. And so you get this sense that Paul, as a good shepherd, kept watch over the flock and did not allow the savage wolves wolves to come in to seek and to destroy. But he says, I know that after I leave, this is what is going to happen So he's warning the elders of the church to watch and to be ready. They would speak perverse things in order that they might draw believers away to themselves. Paul wrote it this way in Romans 16, 18. He says, for such are those who do not serve the Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly by smooth words, by flattering speech, Deceive the hearts of the simple. I don't like it when uh, people flatter and lift you up in a big way. Usually when it starts happening, I think, what do you want? What are you after? And salesmen will do that quite often. And maybe maybe a friend of yours who gets into some kind of... uh, It'll probably happen now, you know, the economy's bad, so people's looking for extra income, so they'll start selling things like, I'm not saying anything bad against Amway or Tupperware or any of that stuff, but uh, they'll, you know, get in the product, they're going to make a lot of money, and they're going to go to all their friends and family members first. That's what they always do. And maybe it'll be someone that you haven't talked to in a long time, but they look you up because they're looking to make a buck off of you. But they begin with, hey, how's it going, man? And they, they flatter. I had a phone call like that from a bricklayer foreman that I worked under once. And uh, ultimately, I said, look, if you want to get together with you and your wife and Lily and I for dinner, that's great. That's what he was offering. But if you want to get together to sell me something, I want no part of it. He was very upset with me, but I wasn't going to be flattered. And he was trying to flatter. And I've never talked to the guy again. You know, he's just kind of shut off the conversation. He had something to sell and I wasn't buying. Well, we use the word of God to distinguish those who have something to sell. They're false. They're the wolves in sheep's clothing or to that is true. Someone, I mean, to have the truth of God's word, to proclaim it, is a good thing. But some people are after, as Paul wrote 
Again, in Romans 16, 18, they're wanting to serve their own belly. That's all they're wanting to serve. They're not wanting to serve Christ. They're after their own personal gain. So how do we know between the true sheep, a lamb of God, or a wolf who's there to destroy the sheep of the flock? We have to watch their fruits. We'll learn about that in our next point in the good and bad fruit, verses 16 through 18. But first, Walter Martin was a great man of God. He once said, A biblical false prophet was a servant of the devil, attempting to lead people away from the truth. That's ultimately what they are doing. They're trying to lead people away from the truth of Jesus Christ to themselves. They're after something to feed their own belly. So... How do we know if someone's, you know, truly a Christian, but actually praying on the body of believers? We have to watch their fruit in verses 16 through 18. And you will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs or thistles? The answer, no. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad trees bear bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. I keep thinking of that. We've had one of our apple trees on our property, um, and I have too many trees on my property. I need to get rid of a few of them. But um, small property, too many trees. But we had an apple tree for years that did not bear any fruit until this year. I was getting ready to take her down. It's like you're just taking up space, and besides, i got way too many trees on this small piece of property I was ambitious, but it actually blossomed and it has, I have to now learn how to control bugs, but there's a lot of apples on the tree. They're just not edible because I didn't know how to treat the tree properly. So we need to learn to discern between the wolf and the sheep. And we do that by inspecting their fruits because every good tree, it will bear good fruit. And Jesus said, every bad tree, it will bear bad fruit. So It's more than just listening how someone talks. It's actually talking about um, not only listening to their words, but watching how they conduct their lives. How are they living out faith? In Matthew 12, 33, Jesus would hit this again, saying either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. You're either one or the other. And there are some people who sound and do everything correctly on the outside. And yet, because they do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, they are outside of the will of God. And such are the wolves who come into fellowships seeking to prey upon the members of the church in hopes that they might devour them. What does a wolf want with a sheep? He wants dinner. And that's it. He's wanting to devour Colossians 2.8, Paul said again, Beware lest anyone cheat you, cheat you. I actually had to go to speech therapy to learn how to do a CH and not make it sound like an SH like I just did. I just didn't learn. <laughs> I mean, I miss, I miss uh, recess for that class all the time. Beware. <laughs> it slips out every once in a while. Beware, lest 
anyone cheat you through philosophy, through empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, not according to Christ. When Paul wrote to the Galatians, he revealed the difference between the bad and good trees And he called it really a work of the flesh versus a work of the spirit. He talks about that, the things that are watching the fruit, well, the work of the flesh in Galatians 5, 19 uh, through 21 tells us the work of the flesh are evident. They are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts in of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, rivalries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I've also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. A pretty long list, but a good list of judging whether someone has good fruit or bad fruit. And then he has a simple list, verses 22 through 23 of Galatians 5, talking about the fruits of the Spirit. What are the good fruits? Some would say that what Paul described here in Galatians 5, 22 through 23, is that love is the fruit of the Spirit. And then he gave eight descriptive terms describing what love should be. Others just say it's nine gifts of the Spirit. You can take it whichever way you want. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. And so just as fruit, and the fruit tree needs time to blossom, it's got to grow its fruit. It's got to ripen. And if given enough time, we can examine a person's life. We can watch. I mean, I planted those fruit trees on my property years ago, but they were not productive until the last few years. I like this from Jonathan Edwards, one of the great evangelists there in the 1700s here in the United States. He said, all the fruits of the Spirit, which we are to lay weight upon, is evidential of grace. They're all summed up in charity, Christian love, because this is the sum of all grace. And the only way, therefore, in which anyone can know their good estate is by discerning the exercises of the divine charity in their hearts. For without charity, let men have what gifts you please. They are nothing. Without love, they are nothing. So what do you do with a a tree that doesn't produce or bears bad fruit? 19 through 20, it's cut down and thrown into the fire. So the tree that's not bearing good fruit, it's cut down, it's thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. In John 15, verses 6 through 8, Jesus, in a similar way, talks about bearing fruit, but he uses the vine, where he says, In John 15, verses 6 through 8, If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, is gathered and thrown into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So how do we 
as followers of Jesus Christ, bear good fruit by abiding in Jesus Christ. In that passage of John 15, he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. So we have to stay connected to the vine from which comes that nourishment. I I read, I've been reading a lot for uh, school that I'm in right now. And uh, so I don't remember where I read things. I just a lot of information coming in. Gets all jumbled up in there, and I have to deal with it at some point. But uh, something that stuck with me, talking about people that I just don't know if I can, and I'm just kind of summarizing this thought. I just don't know if I can walk in the ways of Christ. And basically all it says, just begin doing it. Begin getting God's word into your heart. Do it on a daily basis, and you will discover that you will start walking in the ways of Christ. If you always just think, I don't know how I could ever do that, and you never take any steps toward coming toward the gospel of Jesus Christ, you'll never discover it. But it's by taking those small steps, or later on as we talk about building our life upon the firm foundation of Jesus Christ, me and Mason thinking about a foundation building with stone, uh, it's one stone at a time. So one step at a time, we might say as well. So are you bearing good or bad fruit in your life? That's a question that you have to answer for yourselves. Jesus went on to talk about many who would say, Lord, Lord, Matthew 7, 21 through 23. And I'll just read the context once again. In verse 21, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So not just by words, but by works. And I know that we are not saved by works, but by God's grace. But The things that we do are a demonstration of the work of Jesus Christ in our lives. So people should be able to tell whether you're a follower of Jesus Christ, not by the way you introduce yourself. Hello, I'm John Pinnell, believer in Jesus Christ. I don't introduce myself that way, but you kind of get the point. You just, the actions that you have, many years ago changing a, a woman's tire. Um, uh, she lived over in Lake Villa, where the elderly live there off of 83. And uh, she had a flat. I pulled in behind her. She wasn't home yet. She pulled into the parking lot there, actually lived there. And so I just stuck behind her on the road until she got safe. And then I got out and I changed her tire. And in the process of that whole thing, I introduced myself, but I didn't say What I did or where I pastored didn't say anything about that. But in the process of it, she asked me if I was a Christian. She saw something in my actions without me having to actually say the words. Did the same thing um, for a young teenage girl who had a flat. If you're a young driver today, don't look at the geese when they're the swans in the pond. It was actually Dave Linda. It was in front of our subdivision. I was coming home, and she was looking at the swans in the pond, swerved, hit the curb, blew out her tire. Um, 
I came in, uh, saw what had happened. She pulled over. She was talking to her dad. I pulled up. Now, now I'm on my motorcycle. I'm in my leathers. Now I look like I could be trouble, even though I wasn't. Um, and she was talking to her dad on the phone, and I said, tell your dad that I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel of Lake Villa. I let him know where he could find me, and I'll change your tire for you. And I took care of that girl and got her back on the road. And uh, just, you know, keep your eyes on the road. I think that's what they say, right? Swans are pretty, but it could cost you a flat tire if you want to look too hard. But sometimes it's proper. And she was a young girl, and I thought as a father, a grandfather now, it's like, all right, let him, let him know. Let Dad know she's in good hands. And if she's not, let him know where he can find me. <laughs> and then I can deal with the dad. So not everyone who says, Lord, Lord. So it's seen by our actions. He said, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of God, but he who does the will of God. So the does there is a Greek word. It's poio is the Greek word, and it means to make. You're making something. And it could talk about something that you have completed. I built the building, or I am building the building. But you're in the process. You've even finished the work, or you're in the process of the work. But he who does the will of my father, you're in that process of doing the will of God. Those are they who will come into the kingdom of heaven. Those who are in the process. Hebrews 13, 20 through 21 says, Now may the peace of God who brought us up, brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do, poieo, to do his good will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So those who give no evidence, they say, Lord, Lord, but they're not doing the will of Christ. Well, once again, you know them by their fruit. Titus 1.16 says, They profess to know God, but in works they deny him being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. So are the false prophets. By their works, you will know them. So those who practice lawlessness, 22 through 23, uh, they said, do we not prophesy, verse 22, in your name, cast out demons in your name, do many wonders in your name. And Jesus declares, I never knew you. Verse 23, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So they seem to be doing good things. And they listed it out. We prophesied. We cast out demons. We did wonders. But Jesus saw what they were really doing. They were practicing lawlessness. And the Greek word for practice means to toil, basically to be engaged in work. And the lawlessness means to be in violation of the law, to be in violation. It's not being without law. They know what the law is, but they're in violation of the law. They're going against the law. We see a lot of people today practicing lawlessness. And we have a lot of politicians who's allowing them to get away with it. 
And it's horrible. Though they may have done some good things in the name of Jesus, the toil of their lives bore false fruits of unrighteousness because they were engaging in lawlessness. They were engaging in things that would benefit themselves and not the kingdom of God. The psalmist in Psalm 125.5 says, For such as turn away, and they turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord shall lead them away with the workers of iniquity. God will deal with it one day, but we need to be wise in the day and age that we live in. If they are false prophets, how could they prophesy then in the name of Jesus, cast out demons, and do many wonders? As far as prophesying in the name of Jesus, false prophets will, this is the thing that they do. They mingle just enough truth of God's word to pull you in. But also they twist it just enough to draw you away. That's why it's important to have a good foundation in the word of God that when people start to twist the truth of God's word, you say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Last uh, Saturday, Lily and I had dinner with friends up in, it was up uh, actually in, um, we were staying in Iron River in the UP in Michigan, but it was only 45 minutes away from our friends who lived in Eagle River, Wisconsin, and we were having dinner at their house. And uh, just uh, three Christian couples there was a point to where I just sat back and thought, I love this because we just started talking about God's word and we did not perhaps agree on every single thing, but it was great conversation. It's like, we should do this more, except they live far away. But <laughs> I really enjoyed our conversation and we had disagreements. And I put on the pastor's hat for a moment when someone said, but we can't know that. And it's like, oh, yeah, you can. And I started pulling scripture saying how you can know. But without that foundation, how will you know? So it's up to us each day building our lives stone upon stone, adding to the truth of God's word, not adding to the truth of God's word in that sense, but in our lives, we take the word of God and we can't know it all but we can add knowledge of the word that we have been given that the Lord can help us to kind of conduct ourselves in this life that we can know whether something is true or false. And, and to tell you the truth, sometimes that is just a work of the Holy Spirit or that he works in your life and tells you to back off because something just doesn't seem right and you can't pinpoint it, but the Lord will help you out. First of all, the casting out demons doing wonders. We must never discount demonic activity going on through false prophets. But second, sometimes God works not because of the false prophet. We cast out demons in your name. Well, maybe it had nothing to do with the false prophet. Maybe it had everything to do with the person who was being healed by Christ because of the faith of that individual. Maybe it had everything to do with the person. And because they were in a bad place and the name of Christ was being used, then God worked for the individual, not for the false prophet. 
Sometimes God can just work in spite of ourselves. And so we need to realize that sometimes it's because of the person and the work that God is doing in that person's life. Thinking about the works that we can do in this life, how we build stone upon stone upon that firm foundation of Jesus Christ. It's everyday life. What we do in everyday life, Elizabeth Elliot once said, ordinary work, which is what most of us do most of the time is ordained by God every bit as much as extraordinary. So it's not that we're to look at like, oh man, I want to do great things for God. Let's just build Stone upon stone. I got to keep going back to this. I was a brick mason. I built a lot of buildings in 20 years, laid a lot of stone in 20 years. And we always did it one brick, one stone at a time. And the first day on the job, ah, you know, there was a time when I pulled up to get blueprints for the library in uh, Schaumburg and the steel structure was up. No mason had been there yet because I hadn't showed up and it was my job. But I went to get the blueprints And I pulled in the parking lot and I was overwhelmed at the size of the structure. And I thought, how am I going to accomplish this? And I walked the project and on that very first day, I I saved my boss a lot of money um, just by some things that we were able to do just from my first look at the place. But I tell you what, about a year later, I was able to walk away from that project And it was done like any other project we'd ever built. One brick at a time. We laid it up until the building was complete and everything was done. That's how it is in our life. Just take on the truth of God's word. Just take a little bit each day. Build upon that. And before you know it, you'll have this storehouse of wisdom from the word of God in your hearts. And you will be able to tell between that which is true and that which is false. Mark 13:22 and 23 Jesus said for false Christ false prophets will rise up they'll show signs and wonders to deceive if possible even the elect but take heed see I've told you these things before Jesus warned us this is what they're going to do so take heed how do we take heed by growing in our faith one scripture at a time So the question is, are you doing the will of God or practicing lawlessness? That's a good question. One that we can only answer for ourselves. And finally, the building on the rock. It begins, and since I've done the context with all the rest, I'll read it off, verses 24 through 29. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. Now, everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, I will liken, will be like a foolish man. Let me read that again. Does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains descend, the floods came, the winds blew, beat on the house And it fell, and great was its fall. So it was when Jesus had ended these sayings, that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, but not as the scribes. So the wise builder, he hears and does. That's the key here. 
He hears the truths of God and he does the truths of God. In comparison to the unwise builder, they also hear the truths of God, but they do not do the truth of God. So that's the only difference. Both groups hear the word of God, but it's what you do with the word of God that matters. So akuo is the Greek word. It means to hear, but it's not just hearing a sound. It's comprehending with knowledge. That's the general sense of the word, that you're hearing with knowledge. You're hearing with understanding. The word of God tells us in Romans 10:17. so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How do we gain this understanding? It's through the word of God. So he hears and he does. Poio is the Greek word for doing. We've already had this before. Uh, it's expressing an action to make. So you've either completed a project, I'm building a building, or um, I built a building, or I'm in the process of working on the building, uh, brick by brick for me, the mason. Uh, you're in that process, but you hear and do. You've either completed the work or you're in the process of the work, but you're hearing the word of God and you're doing the word of God. Colossians 3:17. whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God, the father through him, whatever you do in word or deed, do it in the name of Christ. So Jesus equates both our hearing and our doing um, to building upon the rock. This is uh, the word Petra that's found in the Greek. It means a large mass of rock. It's something that you can build upon. And we find in the uh, New Testament that Jesus is referred to the rock in 1 Corinthians 10.4. When talking about the children of Israel in the wilderness, when they drank from the rock that Moses struck, Paul wrote, and all drank from the same spiritual rock. They drank from the spiritual rock that followed them. That rock was Christ. And then when talking about building our lives upon the chief cornerstone, Peter would say in Acts 4, 11 and 12, this stone which was rejected by the builders have become the chief cornerstone, nor is there salvation in any other. There is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Jesus Christ, that rock, the chief cornerstone. We build our lives upon the rock. It's as if you have dug down and built a foundation to build your house upon. 20 years of being a mason. Never once did I go on a project where there was not first a foundation to build upon. We didn't show up and say, yeah, just put the brick or the stone over there. And it's like it's a field of dirt. It's like, yeah, that's all right. Just build it. It's like, where's the foundation? Well, the uh, contractors, they're a little slow, so the concrete guys will get here later. It's like, no, let them get here first, and then we'll build. So there is a first step, coming to faith in Jesus Christ, that he would become that foundation of our lives. Opposite of that is one who hears the saying of Jesus and does not do them. He's like a foolish man and built his house on the sand. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat on the house, and it fell, and great was the fall. 
So they both, the wise and the unwise builders, both heard the words of Christ. But they responded differently. One, the wise builder, did the words of Christ. The other one did not do. He lacked a proper foundation upon which to build. And the house came crashing down. 1 Corinthians 3.13 says, Each one's work will become clear For the day will declare it, talking about the judgment day, the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work and what sort it is. Today, the words of Christ is under attack. Anyone who strives to do the work of Christ then is also being attacked in our culture today. We find that the woke leftists of our culture They have invaded our schools, our businesses, our government. And what people really don't realize is that those who merely hear but do not do the works of Christ, they're rather doing their own works. They're building their lives upon the ever-shifting sand of what I would call social consensus. And what do I mean by that? Basically, if you think about it over the last two years, have you seen a variety of different directions our nation has taken just in the last two years? It seems that at one moment we're kind of headed down this path and then suddenly something happens and, oh, we need to shift and we're going this way. Something else happened. Just watch your social media feeds and all the different uh, Symbols that people will have behind their face. You know, they'll have one flag one day and something else will happen. They'll have some other image the other day. We're for this. No, we're for this. We're for this. And suddenly you discover you don't know what you're for. So you're building on that ever shifting sands of social consensus. And it will always be so. They say that they're leading us toward a truth, but they'll never get there. They'll never arrive. So as believers in Jesus Christ, we learn to need to learn to be doers of God's word. James 1, 22 through 25 says, be doers of God's words, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. If anyone is a hearer of the word and, and not a doer, he is like a man observing his face in the mirror. He observes himself, goes away, immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, he is not forgetful to hear, but a doer of the works. This one will be blessed by God. And I tell you what, as I was reading those words, someone who's a hearer and not a doer, he forgets what type of man he was. You get put in certain situations as a follower of Jesus Christ, you will either show yourself as a follower of Christ or not. And... uh, I believe I will always show myself as a follower of Christ. It's become a matter of reflex for me. We are to, Galatians 5.1, stand fast there in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Do not be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. So like looking in a mirror, we see the image And as we walk away, we forget what we need to learn to do is to look into God's perfect law of liberty 
to make those adjustments in our life. In Psalm 19, 7 and 8, it tells us the law of the Lord is perfect. It converts the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. It makes the simple wise. How I need that because I view myself as the simple. The statues of the Lord are right, rejoicing in the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eyes. We all build our lives upon someone or something. When we take it to what Jesus is talking about, we're either building on the ever-shifting sands of our society or building upon the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. I want to build upon the tried and true principles of God's holy word and the truth of his word. The deception of people, both then in the days of the Bible, both now today, they believed in biblical days that going to synagogue, today we would say going to church, would be considered sufficient for salvation. But hearing without doing means that we're not truly building upon the rock of Jesus Christ. We have to do both. Romans 2.13 says, Not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. The thing is, we need to see that in both of these situations, houses were built. Jesus did not say, and this is, I believe, where we miss it as Christians, Jesus did not say, if you build your life upon the rock of Jesus Christ, upon this firm foundations, the storms of this life will not come. He described the very same thing. They both built houses. It was the foundation that mattered. Storms both came and hit both houses. Only the house that stood on the firm foundation survived the storm. How do we build upon our foundation of Jesus Christ? How are we doing? So the people heard this. They were astonished at the Lord's teaching. They said, no one's taught like this man before. Jesus taught in such a way that it just blew their minds. It's like we've never heard anybody teach like this before. He taught with authority. He taught with power. He taught with substance. This is because... The son knew his father's word. I mean, Jesus should flat out be the greatest preacher ever. Don't you think? He created the world. They would say it again in John 7, 45 and 46. The chief priest would send officers to go arrest Jesus. They came back without Jesus. They asked, why haven't you brought him? The response of the officers was this. No man ever spoke like this man. They went to arrest Jesus and he actually arrested them with his words. Once again, Elizabeth Elliot said, lead me, Lord, to the rock that is higher than I. Let me hear your word. Give me grace to obey, to build steadily, stone upon stone, day by day, to do what you say. Establish my heart where floods have no power to overwhelm. For Christ's sake, amen. That's a good prayer to start the beginning of our days. Are we wise or unwise builders? How are we doing? Well, let me encourage you. First of all, it's the foundation. If you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, that's where it all begins. That's how you begin to build your life upon the rock of Jesus Christ. 
But after that point, it's just that continual building day by day, taking the word of God into our hearts, learning a little bit, adding to stone by stone, brick by brick, until one day you'll have the structure that God desired your life to be. All we have to do is take it a day at a time. We have to hear and do to walk in the Lord's way. Father, thank you for your word and for what you have taught us this day. And we thank you, Father, that we are able to build upon the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. And that begins through faith in your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. But help us, Lord, as followers of Christ, to not only hear, but help us to do. And maybe we've not been good about the doing side of things. We're great about hearing, but not good about doing. Lord, whatever challenge you lay on our heart this day, let it be that we would be adding a stone, building upon that firm foundation. Help us to be discerning, to know the difference between a sheep and a wolf. Help us, Lord, to be discerning regards to false prophets who still prey upon the Lord's church. Those who cry, Lord, Lord, and may do the works of God, but they're only trying to feed their own flesh. And Lord, I believe that the way we're able to discern is by taking your word into our hearts, by hearing and doing. So let that be our desire this day, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.